independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Hello. How are you today? I was talking to my mom over the weekend. Felt like a long weekend. A little family took a little vacation. It was weird. It was a staycation. And we're staying at one of the casinos close by. And it was just nice. But it felt like one of those weekends where it's like, I feel like I haven't been back in like 10 days. And I know it was just a couple days ago. I'm the last one to leave this building usually on Friday. And the first one to get here Monday. Outside of a few people. So, uh, but I was talking to my mom. I was out on the golf course because my family only likes to call me when it's inconvenient. And uh, I was on like the third hole. And I'm like, oh, family called. And uh, my mom says to me, hey. I said, what? She goes, do you guys have baby formula? And I'm like, well, Charlie's three, so almost four. So no. She goes, no, it's a store. I said, you know, mom, I was actually at my Walmart the other day, and they had some. She goes, we might need it because my little sister has a baby. And uh, my, my uh, so I've got two nieces. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, there's none here. I said, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is not good at all. In fact, it is so bad and so embarrassing that even this guy, Brian Stelter, took a swing at the president. The first military flight carrying an emergency supply of baby formula has just landed near Indianapolis, Indiana. Baby formula flown in on a military plane. This is part of the Biden administration's Operation Fly formula as Americans are coping with a nationwide shortage. The pallets of baby formula were flown here from Germany, but this is both a failure as well as a success. The existence of this plane is a failure of the government and a failure of corporations as well, even though these pictures today are meant to symbolize a success by the Biden administration. They're not. They are not a success. They are an absolute failure by this administration. Failure in ways that you cannot believe. Failure that we're the most prosperous nation on earth and that no matter how much warning he gets for things, Afghanistan, inflation, immigration, no matter how much warning he gets, he is slow on the draw and when he makes a decision, it's usually wrong. 54% of the baby formulas are out of stock in Tennessee, out of stock. And, you know, we have been saying for weeks to the White House, give some waivers to import from Canada, EU, UK. And they chose not to do that. Why? What reason did did they give you? We don't know. They, They just did not do that. Then... You you look at the factory in Michigan, and Harris, they could have opened that. FDA could have opened that. They knew back in February we were at a 25% outage rate nationwide. They could have taken care of this. Yeah. Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee, Republican. Yes, they knew. They knew there was issues coming. They saw it coming. And the glacier-like speed of which this administration works didn't really pay off did they think it was a joke abbott that produces so much of all of this the the in Sturgis, they shut it down because there was potentially tainted formula okay that was last year so slow to make a move so slow to do anything continual slowness and reaction continual slowness 
And when the reaction does come, it's usually awful. It's usually wrong. And we've got to pivot yet again. In three months, less than three months, we went from 25% to over 50% in your state yes. out of stock. And nothing happened between doubling where our losses were in February? And what does this administration do? They wait for a problem to become a crisis. They make the wrong decision. And then they have to come back and try to fix it, which is what they're doing now. This never needed to happen. We have two children in Tennessee that have been hospitalized for and let me tell you something. They're going to be fine. These kids are going to be fine. I don't think we're going to lose anything out of this. I don't. What we are finding out, though, more and more is just a failure. Failure of this administration to do anything correctly. The failure of this administration to acknowledge that there are issues that need to be dealt with and they don't need to become crisis before they get dealt with. They don't. But they continue to struggle over and over and over and over and over again. Remember the baby formula thing? A lot of parents are watching about baby formula. If you have a message to those parents. Well, uh, I'll answer the baby formula question because all of a sudden it's on the front page of every newspaper. That was him last week or a couple weeks ago. I guess I'll answer this question because it's on the front page now. That's how you're doing your stuff. You knew this was going to happen. You knew this was going to take place, and you did nothing. And it's little things like that along the way that should have us all frustrated. Then, of course, the gas issue is big, right? And it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, it's all about big oil. Oil doesn't set, big oil, by the way, doesn't set prices. Yes, they do. No, they don't. It's a world market based on consumption. Right now, I think we're going to get a break. And I've been saying that for about a, ooh, six, eight weeks. With China being in the position that they're currently in right now, what you're going to find is consumption is going to slowly but surely start to come down. The crisis they've got with COVID, the shutting things down, the continual nightmare of Shanghai and Beijing and whatever little province here or there, which has 25 million people that do something that makes some part for something. Well, people aren't working because people aren't driving. People aren't driving. Guess what happens? Consumption goes down. So we might get a little break for a while. But it goes back to you knew there was going to be an issue. You knew there was a chance Russia could have invaded last year. Everybody was telling you this. Now, you did warn the Ukrainians on a thousand occasions. They did nothing about it. Finally, when they did realize, you got lucky that they were able to fight off. But the luck ends with what the Ukrainians are doing. You knew that there was a possibility that you were going to step away from oil. And rather than plan for it, and say, we need to do everything we can to get these people drilling. We need to do everything we can to go out on the open market and purchase as much oil as possible at $70 a barrel rather than see it go up to $110 a barrel. We need to do all of these things as much as we possibly can, as fast as we possibly can. And nothing. Nothing. And what does that lead to? Leads to stress. Leads to stress across the board. High prices. 
can't get food in the stores in certain areas. You get, and it's not just baby food. I told you a couple weeks ago, I went to get grapes. There was no grapes. Nothing. Nothing. And we're talking about now, we as a nation, we're going to be fine. We're going to have some situations where maybe it's tough to get a few things, uh, but the expense of it is going to be massive. It's going to be massive at times with certain things. The expense is going to be huge. What are people worried about? Americans seem more stressed about money than ever before. 87% of Americans said that inflation and the rising costs of uh, everyday goods is what's driving their stress. And that's one of the highest numbers of stress that we have seen in the Stress in America survey. Four in 10 Americans say that money uh, affects them negatively and the, and the state of their mental health. Money is a universal stressor, regardless of your financial standing. Yeah, regardless, it is. But what ends up happening? Things are more expensive. You can't get things. That puts stress on you. It's the little things. Even if you don't have a kid going, why don't we have baby formula? It's little things like that that start to add up. And they're continuing to add up. What happens at that point? You don't have the same confidence. When you don't have the same confidence, what ends up happening? You don't spend the same way. When you don't spend the same way, you hold back. When you start to hold back, the economy slows. Poor mental health not only takes a toll on a person's overall well-being, but it's also bad for the economy. Workers experiencing even one poor mental health day a month could lead to $53 billion less in total income each year in the United States. Money touches every part of our life, right? And it's, you know, modern day survival. One of the biggest anxieties that we face is how are we going to build generational wealth? Yeah. Can you afford a house? Many people can't. Not right now. With the way that interest rates are going up, a house that would have cost you, say, $1,500 a month, oh, mortgage-wise, say, eight weeks ago, might cost you 2400 a month. And they're going to continue to raise rates, trying to combat the fact that stuff's taking off. Why are houses selling? Somebody asked me yesterday, why are houses selling then? I said, well, it's simple. So many of these people that have seen massive jumps in their home prices have sold their houses, and they're moving to other states. And in doing so, as they go from other state to other state, they're doing it with cash in hand. They're not worried about an interest rate. And here's the other thing. They're willing to pay more to beat somebody else out. So you've got places like here where I live, Phoenix, probably the hottest market in the country. You have 300 people coming here on average just to Phoenix a day. 300 people. We're not finishing 300 homes. Many of those people are armed with cash, big cash. They're going, and they're outbidding. Well, then what happens? Well, those people are forced to go rent. When you're forced to go rent, what ends up happening? You've got way too many renters, not enough product. You know that you could rent this out for X, Y, and Z, and you're going to do it. All of these things right there, just little touch points along the way, all adds up. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. A lot of stuff to get today. Immigration. Friday. Big ruling passed down by a judge in Louisiana. Yes, indeed. A Trump-appointed judge in Louisiana has come out with a ruling that in weird ways saves Biden's ass. We'll talk about that. It's fun Bill Maher stuff. 323-538-2423. That's your text line. You can tweet at us as well. Calibrate. 
You want to lose weight? It's calibrate. Calibrate. Losing weight is important. Getting healthy is important. It really, really is. I cannot stress that enough. But sometimes, no matter what you do, have you ever noticed, you drop 20 pounds, 30 pounds, you get to a point where you think you're good, uh, it's starting to feel like, okay, now it's really coming off, and then it just stops. It's because your metabolism. Metabolism forever in a day since, I don't know, mankind has thought, well, we better protect ourselves. And in protecting yourself, what happens? Your body shuts off, wants to protect that body weight. So Calibrate comes in. It's going to reset your metabolism, and you watch what happens. It's going to be lifestyle changes that are easy and sustainable for sustainable long-term success. That's what Calibrate's all about. You're going to get to visit with a doctor via video. You're going to have one-on-one app and coaching. A lot of great things with Calibrate. But the FDA-approved medication, and I do mean FDA-approved medication, is incredible. You watch what happens. Right now, save an extra $50 off a one-year metabolic reset. Go to JoinCalibrate.com. Use code CHAD. JoinCalibrate.com. Use code CHAD. JoinCalibrate.com. Use code CHAD to save. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the news parents of younger children have been anxiously waiting for. As pediatric COVID cases rise, Pfizer is finally ready to submit its vaccine for children ages six months to five years old to the FDA for emergency use authorization. Oh, they're all anxiously waiting. No, they're not. Have you seen the data? You're trying to give kids a third shot when parents are like, nah, I'm not even giving them a first one. But no, you don't understand. They're anxiously waiting. No, they're not. Nobody's anxiously waiting for this. My on-air partner on my local show, God bless Gatos. Love the guy to death. Two. Hypochondriac. Like you could not believe. He's the re- We were watching, so like I tell you guys this, so we got all of these TVs on, right? Like it's CNBC and it's, and it's you know, it's all... Bu- all these, you know, Fox and CNN, like there's all these giant TVs in our in our office, in our I mean, in our studio. One of them, though, is a local one, and they show uh, Doctor Phil. I don't know why it's on because the morning news usually uses it. So, but last week they had a girl on, and she had self-diagnosed herself with like 23 strange and crazy diseases, right? Because she goes on Web and D, and she's obviously got problems. I'm like, dude, that's your dream right there. And he starts laughing at me. That's the kind of hypochondriac he is. He, when he got bananas during the height of COVID, he cleaned them off. Not washed them. Like, cleaned them off with Clorox. Not the bananas, the outside of the skin. I'm like, why'd you do that? Well, what if I said, what do you care? You don't eat that part. You're not a lizard. He's like, yeah, I never even thought of that. He went... And got tested for antibodies after getting a shot. Why? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the kind of person he is. And he said, I'm not getting a third. (laughs) I'm not getting a fourth. There's no reason for it. I don't buy it anymore. So when I hear that, well, you know what? People are really excited about the kids getting shots. Nobody's getting shots. Nobody is. Not right now. Nobody's getting the fourth shot. Now, if you're really elderly, if you're 75 and you've got diabetes and, you know, several other things, yes, yes, you should probably look at taking a fourth. 
But what they're saying about the fourth is doesn't seem to work that much. Doesn't seem to work that long. Nobody's excited about it. Now, on the other side of things, you got a monkeypox shot. For me, as the person who's responsible for infection control protocols as at a hospital, um, I would say my blood pressure has gone up a few points. <gasps> what? Yes, the monkeypox. How many do we have? President Biden saying he doesn't foresee the country enacting the same 21-day quarantine rules implemented in Belgium for people who contract the virus. We have vaccines to care for, to take care of it. The president clarifying statements made yesterday, calling the virus a major concern. I just don't think it rises to the level of the kind of concern that existed with COVID-19, but I think people should be careful. This morning, there are reportedly more than 190 confirmed or suspected cases in at least 16 countries. Hard to catch. You're not going to catch. It's not airborne like that. You, just, you got nothing to worry about. But it's the monkeypox, baby. It is the monkeypox. Here! The pox is here! Of monkey style! Let's talk some immigration straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. We're talking off the air. I was told Anthony that 128,000 pages of Hunter Biden's stuff is out there. And NBC did a scathing report on it the other day asking serious questions about $11 million over a few years, huh? Wow, that's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, lots of huge cats withdrawals. There's a lot of issues. And the Republicans are already, you know, signaling that when they get in power, that it's going to be... You know, inquiry after inquiry, investigation after investigation of the investigation of the investigations, as well as investigations of Hunter. And don't be surprised if we don't hear about some sort of impeachment down the road, which they've already signaled at, which is not good. But this is a very interesting poll talking about how people view both parties. Voters feel the parties are dividing them, not just along partisan lines, but demographic lines. Explain that. It starts with the views of the partisans. When you look at Democrats and you look at things like what's happening in America is going through cultural change, going through demographic change. Democrats think that's a good thing. They think increasing diversity is a good thing, that immigrants contribute to the country. Republicans disagree and by and large think that that diversity is not a good thing. That's then reflected in what you hear from the candidates and what you hear from the debate in these primaries. Oh, so, you know, Americans believe that Republicans don't like diversity, don't like immigration, don't like any of those kind of things, and they look over there and they say, well, the Democrats obviously like those things more. Now, if you're the Democrats, <laughs> what are they going to say about you? 
there's something else too and that is we asked people to just label the parties and a majority said they thought the republicans were extreme but left far less than a majority said they described the democrats as effective and they're the party in power so i think when you go forward into these midterms you're looking at that if the republican label of extreme doesn't come down they may not do as well as in the midterms as they could and for the democrats as the party in power they need to get that effective number up to stay in and they're not going to because they're not effective the government in itself is ineffective i mean it's a uh it's a business not a nonprofit. It is an actual business. While they produce very little, if anything, uh, they spend money like it's going out of style. They break a lot of stuff. They get in the way of a lot of things. And all the while that is going on, eh, they're making a profit. Nobody's starving. Nobody's checks bounce because of the government. <laughs> Nobody's like, man, the government wrote me a bad check. <laughs> Could you believe that? You know, it's a business. It is. So it's ineffective by nature. Do I think Republicans think that? Uh, I think they think if if you feel importing voters, which is what I think a lot of people think that that the Democrats were trying to do for years, and I think they absolutely one hundred ten percent were. If you think that changing demographic to get the D in Democrat always sitting at the White House and in controlling power, if you think that is, you know, all about diversity and great, no, that's about you winning at all cost. That's the reality of it. Now, the Republicans were fine with allowing it to happen because big business likes cheap labor and cheap labor was coming over here in droves. And that's fine. We don't have that issue right now. What we have is we've got a lot of jobs, not enough workers. All that being said, how many people came here last year? I mean, last month, April, 243,000 people came here, not illegally, but to apply for asylum and got in. That doesn't, that's just the people that got in. Friday was supposed to be the last weekday that Title 42 was supposed to be, quote unquote, around. Lo and behold, a judge in Louisiana stopped it. So a judge in Louisiana, stop, stop, put the stop on it, put the kibosh on it. Talk to Brandon Judd, uh, who's head of the Border Patrol Council, also still out there in the field. Talk to him after everything came down late Friday about how bad it is. What's a normal day like, say, in the past? What's a normal day like today? What could it have been? you got to look at what's currently happening. Uh, at this time, in a typical year, at this time, we would be apprehending somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 people a day. That's what we would be apprehending typically. Right now, we're apprehending nearly eight thousand people a day and the reason is is because uh title 42 has been only been um executed on about 50 percent of the people that have been crossing the border illegally once you take away that other 50 percent then you're going to double that number so we would be dealing with somewhere around sixteen thousand people per day sixteen thousand people per day sixteen thousand People keep asking, well, Title 42 is here. What the hell do we, I thought it was to keep people out because of the whole pandemic thing. 
Now, to put that in perspective, when we're dealing with 8,000 people a day, that means the vast majority of our resources are not in an active enforcement posture. They're in administrative duties, processing, transport, hospital watch, detention security. That's not enforcement activities. Um, if, if this were to go away, if, if Title 42 would have gone away on Monday, we would have seen nearly 100% of our resources out off of the border and doing administrative duties. That's how bad it would have been. Yeah. Think about that. 100%. And out of that 100%, what would happen at the border? Well, people just kind of wander through aimlessly with very little that's going on. Mayorkas and them are, quote, unquote, trying to put stuff together. Uh, Trying to put stuff together to get people to come and... uh, Uh, No. So what do you mean put stuff together? Well, they want to have immigration agents who can come down and essentially adjudicate whether or not you should or shouldn't be able to apply for asylum immediately. Judge, jury, executioner will hear your case right here rather than actual judges themselves and then turn them out into America with the wristband, the leg band, the phone, whatever we're giving to this day. We might give a hat. I don't even know. No idea. But the reason that there's so many people that are able to come here and still apply for asylum is because they've carved out. Well, this country is allowed to come here. We're going to carve this out. You over here, you you don't Title 42 does not count for your country. So, you don't have to worry about that. So, we had 243,000 last month. God only knows what we're going to have this month. Luckily, Title 42 was upheld by a judge but it is not stopping and people just aren't getting how bad it is right now they just don't get it people are frustrated they're angry they feel like nobody's doing the things they're supposed to be doing nobody's trying to come up with actual solutions to fix the border to to bring people here legally to make it easier to come here in a 60-day, 90-day, 120-day visa to work? No, we're doing none of that. We're fighting. And it's continual nightmare for the people of the border towns, the surrounding areas in the states, and these people who are coming here in limbo but are just going to disappear into our society forever thinking that tomorrow maybe they get taken away. Well, not if you live in a place like California. You're never worried about that. You're never worried about that. Alex Stone. It's astonishing to stand here on this dam and to see a flow of truly nonstop families walking into the U.S. They're using a gap in the border fence where federal agencies have sued each other and it remains open. Families are holding young babies, arriving, walking to waiting border patrol agents. Where are you from? I am from Honduras. From Honduras? There are no chases, no handcuffs, no helicopters up above. Calmly, the migrants wait in lines and then they're loaded into border patrol vans. Listen to that. Just rolling on over here. Not a big deal. Oh, there's a, there's, 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 and this is Yuma. There's a hole in the fence. I was at Yuma like three years ago. Uh, Paul Gosar before he got wacky. No, it was Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs before he got wacky. We went down uh, and I met him and several other, you know, Congress people. Matt's right first to have my run it with Matt Gatz. So we go down there and to see, how easy it is. We're down there filming and talking. 
So I've got like six or seven Congress people, a few senators, all of these people there. So this is a contingent of probably 50 or 100 people when you add in their staff and everything. We're there talking to Border Patrol agents, people just walking by us. It was fascinating. Looking around here, there are nursing mothers actively nursing their babies. Most say they came from Honduras and Peru. It's important to point out with all of the hype about the border on both sides, in this group, there are no chases, no handcuffs. The Border Patrol agents are calm. They're talking softly to the migrants in Spanish. These families are arriving. They're walking over to waiting Border Patrol agents. Then they're waiting in line for Border Patrol vans to take them. Nobody is running away. Nobody is hiding. No. I don't have any reason. They've been welcomed as far as they're concerned. They've been welcomed here. Come on over. It's free. You get your stuff. You'll have the opportunity to to work. We're going to get you in this country. We're going to fly you to where you need to go. We're going to drive you to where you need to go. Whatever it is. That's the way that they feel. And they're being told those things. Over and over again. Because they're hearing it from the people that have already done it before them. The coyotes are telling them. The cartels are telling them. All of these things are going on. We're doing nothing. So when you want to know if if our government is ineffective, that right there is number one. And it's not just a Biden problem, although Biden has made it worse than all of the presidents before him. It is a government problem. Because at the end of the day, there's not a lot. He can't pass any laws. He can sign laws into place, but he's not passing laws. But government now just essentially looks at at the executive, uh, you know, and said, hey, president, uh, we don't make any big decisions. So if you could just do something lickety split and let it be fought out in court, that'd be fantastic. One family telling me it was a very long walk, even though Title 42 will remain in place. They're coming here and they're claiming asylum. Yeah. And you're going to find more and more of that. And there's going to be more and more carve outs. It's sad. It's sad. I am 51 years old. We've been talking about immigration since I was a child. 86, it was supposed to be gone for good, right? You're going to build some wall. They're going to clamp down. Everybody's getting a free one-time pass of amnesty. Tip O'Neill and you had uh, uh, Reagan, and we're doing this, and we're getting it done. Here we are all these years later, almost 40 years later, still talking about it. 323-538-2423. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Father's Day coming up, baby. Now, what are you going to do for dad? Now, what have my kids done? Right? Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steak. It's the dad wants steak package. Let me tell you what dad wants. Dads want steak. Yeah, they do. They want Omaha Steak. Absolutely. The world's best beef, naturally aged, ultimate tenderness and what do you get with this 16 mouth-watering entrees and i know he'll love them because i'm like all dads i loved mine oh boy so you're gonna get bacon wrap fillets gourmet jumbo franks air chilled boneless chicken breast sweet finish with a little caramel apple tartlets and free eight omaha steak burgers now here's the beauty of this it's not gonna cost you 200 bucks 300 bucks 400 bucks no 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 99 dollars all backed by an unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. So, dads want steaks. If you, well, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, what should I get, Dad? Steaks. When all these prices are rising, Omaha Steaks got it. Give Dad the perfect gift 
Aged so tender. Those steaks. You're going to be given the best meal of his life. Chances of him grilling them for you as well so you can partake. Amazing. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Benson in the search bar for the Dad's Want Steak Package today. You're going to get eight, eight of their new, bigger Omaha Steak Burgers absolutely free. And because it's Omaha Steaks, everything is backed by 100% money-back guarantee. That's omahasteaks.com. Type Benson in the search bar and order Dad's Want Steak Package today. Chad Benson Show. No snowflake zone. Uninformed opinions are in danger of melting. The Chad Benson Show. The moving picture at Downton. The Doctor Strange sequel is still on top, but Downton Abbey, a new era, enjoyed a strong second-place debut at the weekend box office. The hit TV drama bowed with 16 million bucks. The nightmare begins. Another $31.6 million for week three of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, pushing its global gross to just over $800 million. Let me tell you what's going to be number one this weekend. Top Gun. Top Gun. We'll be number one this weekend. Uh, yeah. Everybody's getting out of the way. They had a nice run. I mean, Doctor Strange has killed it worldwide. It's done almost a billion bucks, a little over $800 million. But this weekend, it is all about Top Gun. It is that summer blockbuster movie, 30 years in the making. It's been massive. It debuted at Cannes, Gans Film Festival. It is, uh, everything I've read has been pretty damn good. You know, a way to pay it off, a great, you know, second. Uh, all of these days, it's, it's just, we'll see. It's two hours long, but it's got a bunch of people in it that are people like, oh, this is going to be good, right? This is me. You got Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Conley. Val Kilmer. It's going to be a huge, huge movie. And it's that kind of feel that used to get as a kid, right? Because you'd have a few movies during the year. But it was Thanksgiving, it was Christmas, and it was summer. But summer always started with a blockbuster booming hit. And now this is it. We were talking about him the other day, actually. I was talking to my uncle, who went and saw Downton Abbey, by the way. It's hilarious. If you guys knew anything about my uncle, we talked about him on the show. Conspiracy, UFOs, all of those things. Downton Abbey loves it. He's like, oh, Chad, you don't understand. They were having dinner in France. <laughs> and then there was a silent movie being made. I'm like, I don't even, at this point, I don't even care. But we were chatting the other day. Tom Cruise is the last movie star. Now, there are people that are stars. Tom Cruise is the last movie star. Bankable globally like nobody else. Able to do, he didn't do franchises. He does movies. Oh, he's got Mission Impossible. But, but outside, like, he doesn't do the, the you know, the, the F-12. What are we on now? F-10. He, there's... And, and that is a cast of a bunch of people that are stars. Tom Cruise is a movie star. 
He's one of those people that when he goes to a place like Europe, they close down the block because so many people want to see. It's still weird, but I, I, I can't think of anybody else like that. Not not even close. That's left. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet, text. Love hearing from all of you. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Have Was it Monday? I don't even know what day it is. Monday, Friday, Tuesday? I don't know. I think it's Monday. It's a long weekend. Long weekend of the sun. I am fried. It's hot. Hot, baby. Kind of like gas prices. We should get Vice President Harris on that because she'll fix it. Last year, I visited the Thomas Built Buses Factory in North Carolina and talked with members of United Auto Workers Local 5287 who built the bus that I just was on and spoke to electricians and engineers and machinists and mechanics. And we talked about what we're all talking about right now. Electric school buses and electric vehicles in general are the future. That is why, as a United States Senator, I introduced the first bill to invest exclusively in zero emission school buses. We called it the Clean School Bus Act. Drivers stress the importance of a quiet engine. It helps the drivers hear the road. I know the future of our nation is bright, and I feel so very optimistic. Is that really what the world's clamoring for? No. I am all about finding out ways to build cleaner, better, more efficient cars for our environment. But as I stress to you guys almost on a daily basis, planning for tomorrow is not living for today. Living for today is living for today. Meaning, great. We're going to have cleaner, better school buses. It's going to be fantastic for the kids in 10, 15, 20 years. What's going on now is people are looking at their bank statement. They're looking at their gas statement from their credit cards. They're looking at their prices across the board, and they're saying to themselves, selves, this sucks. It does. People are what? Americans seem more stressed about money than ever before. 87% of Americans said that inflation and the rising costs of uh, everyday goods is what's driving their stress. And that's one of the highest numbers of stress that we have seen in the Stress in America survey. Four in 10 Americans say that money uh, affects them negatively and the, and the state of their mental health. Money is a universal stressor, regardless of your financial standing. Yeah. Money is universal, regardless of your financial standing. What have I always said? It's the economy, stupid. Why is it the economy? Because everybody participates in the economy. And I love when people are like, I don't participate in the economy. It's like, yes, you do. Shut up. How did you get here? 
Well, I drove a car. Where do you think that came from? The economy. What did you put in it? Magic dreams and, and, and unicorn farts? No. No, you did none of those things. Put gas in there. Well, gas prices are really high. And I blame it on people like the evil people that are really bad at Wall Street and oil companies. No, it's a global thing. It's a global issue. Well, they're getting referred profits. And what's the point? I'm just curious. What's your point there? Well, they're, they're getting record profits. Yeah. And, again, what's your point? They don't set the market. When they lost a crap ton of money, when nobody drove because of COVID, nobody cared because they're bad and evil. Now everybody's upset because, what, they're making record profits? And even though they're drilling in some areas, the reality is is we've made it tougher and tougher for people to want to do business in a lot of places because of the rules and the regulations. Drives prices through the roof, but nobody really seems to care in places like D.C. They just don't. Why? Because they don't live in a real world. They don't. They all make really nice salaries to ridiculous salaries. They have nice homes, tons of perks, tons of perks. So to them, in their myopic little world, nothing's really wrong. American journalists are part of the elites. They are rich. And the reason they don't care about these issues is because they are not struggling with these issues. They are not out there struggling to pay for gas. They are not living in crime-ridden cities. Those are their neighbors who they don't care about, who they abandoned when they you know, stopped being working class and became part of the elites. And because the journalists don't suffer from this stuff, they don't cover it. And because they don't cover it, President Biden does nothing about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unger Sargon right there talking about that. Now, some of that's true, and it's also D.C. in itself, right? Very myopic world. Everything surrounds itself. It, you know, their world is, is, is the thing that everybody is, you know, looking at. It's the center of their attention. They don't feel it the same way that other people do. They don't. Just don't. Right? And so if it's not a big deal to them, and it's the same thing with news. If it's not a big deal to them, then they don't talk about it. Case in point, we go back a couple weeks. Biden was forced to talk about something. A lot of parents are watching about baby formula. If you have a message to those parents. Well, uh, I'll answer the baby formula question because all of a sudden it's on the front page of every newspaper. Oh, is that the only reason to do it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I guess I got to answer this because it's everywhere. <clears throat> I didn't really want to. You have to answer it because you need to. Because you've screwed up. Because you've jacked the pooch. There's a hot mess going on. Lack of stuff. Lack of materials. Not everything's Biden's fault. I want to stress that right now. It's not all Biden's fault. When you become president of the United States, you're going to be handled... Sometimes you're going to be handed some stuff that's pretty darn good. And during your presidency, you're going to be handled stuff, handed stuff that's crap. Bush was handed a pretty darn good thing. But then he had 9-11. Kind of sideswiped us. Came kind of out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Obama came in. 
did okay. Think he could have done some stuff better, but by and large, I didn't think Obama was the worst president we've ever had. Freaked out. Oh my God. Huh. But what happened? Along the way. We had some good, we had some bad. Pretty decent economy. Poured a ton of money into it. Handed over to Trump. Trump supersized the economy. Put it on blast. There was chaos. There was lunacy. There was wackiness. There was fighting. There was all this stuff. But away it went. Low gas prices. Things felt good in those places. Nobody wanted to see him tweet anymore. And and what took place on January 6th and a lot of the other chaos around it. Then it's handed to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was going to be what? Uh, the buck stops with me. How you become a leader isn't how you deal with the good. It's what happens when times are tough. That's how you become a real leader. Anybody can lead. Right? It's like being a bandwagon. Anybody can lead from the front when handed everything good. But when stuff comes at you, you watch what happens, and you can find out who's real and who's not because the wheels come off fast. The wheel falls off fast. Joe Biden has struggled mightily when handed anything that isn't in his wheelhouse of straightforward. He was horrible in Afghanistan. He's been a nightmare on the border. They told him not to print money the way that he did, but he wanted to give some money out, and he continued to do and continues to. COVID, in been great. He's been more understanding, and you're going to blame the Republicans, and you're going to blame the dude. No, it's just, it is what it is. That thing spread like you couldn't believe. But then he didn't help by also mandating after he said he wouldn't mandate, and that fight got uglier and uglier. Inflation. Oh, yeah. Crime. War on Ukraine. All of these things. When given the opportunity, he's flopped. When you're handed something, you're going to get some bad, you're going to get some good. And sometimes the bad is way bigger than the good. But how you take it and run with it will separate you or it'll bring you right back to the pack baby formula is a perfect example they knew this was coming they knew this was going to be here they knew this was going to be a nightmare and they didn't do anything about it they did they knew it they absolutely knew it and they did nothing about it 54 percent of the baby formulas are out of stock in tennessee out of stock and you know we have been saying for weeks to the white house give some waivers to import from canada eu uk and they chose not to do that why what reason did did they give you no we don't know they they just did not do that then you you look at the factory in Michigan and Harris, they could have opened that. FDA could have opened that. They knew back in February we were at a 25% outage rate nationwide. They could have taken care of this. And they didn't. They didn't because when he acts, it is slow, glacier-like, then it's an overreaction 
in the worst way on more than a few occasions we have seen that. Marsha Blackburn continues. In three months, less than three months, we went from 25% to over 50% in your state yes. out of stock. And nothing happened between doubling where our losses were in February? And what does this administration do? They wait for a problem to become a crisis. They make the wrong decision. And then they have to come back and try to fix it, which is what they're doing now. This never needed to happen. We have two children in Tennessee that have been hospitalized for lack of formula. Yeah. Now, we'll be fine rest of the country will be fine there'll be some issues yeah of course but there are issues because the administration is slow to react immigration man they're all coming here ah, ignore it oil it's gonna be a lot of issues coming ah, we'll wait till a little bit later oh yeah yeah inflation I don't know if we'd print that much. Hmm. Go on and on and on. How you handle things when handed to you that aren't good separate you. Go look at great leaders. Winston Churchill was handed a giant flaming bag of turds. And what he did was let his nation. Look throughout history. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. MyPillow right now has a great discounts on the My Slippers. How about saving 90 bucks on those My Slippers? Regularly, $139.98. Right now for you, $49.98 with promo code Benson. Boom. Absolutely incredible. So you can a couple years to develop. So what do you get? You get the MyPillow patented uh, fill. So... I've got these slippers. They're incredible, right? Comfortable memory foam, which is awesome because it helps re- you know, prevent fatigue. Patented impact gel. Indoor, outdoor sole. Incredible. Quality leather suede available in tons of colors and sizes. Machine washable. One-year limited warranty and 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. Call 800-983-4975. 800-983-4975. For the My Slippers. For only $49.95. While you're there, take massive advantage of all the deep discounts at MyPillow.com. Well, a huge, huge, huge BOGO extravaganza is going on for bed sheets to MyPillows and so much more. MyPillow.com slash Benson. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? Let us find out what is trending on the old interwebs, shall we? Start. Biggest trending things of the day. Chris Pratt, Tottenham football team. Juneteenth, Leeds United. Yesterday, Warriors. Number one trending thing. A million searches. Andrew Wiggins. 
And the Warriors crushed Dallas. So a week ago, Dallas had beaten Phoenix, the number one seed, by an ungodly amount. They were up at one time by 46 points. A week later, they're down 3-0. Ooh. PGA Championship. Justin Thomas, the winner yesterday. Mito Pereira, who was the leader going into the last hole. 27-year-old Chilean has yet to win on the PGA Tour. Been driving the ball great. Takes his driver out. Probably should have took a three-wood. I think he's thinking that. And he drove the ball into a tiny little creek that nobody hit the ball into that week. And uh, double bogeyed. Finished third. He'll get to play in the Masters next year, and he made a whopping nine hundred grand. All that being said, he did not win it. Justin Thomas did beat Will Zalatoris, which is awesome. Lots of soccer stuff from yesterday. End of exciting year uh, when it came to the Premier League. Head over to Twitter where everybody's fighting. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Sixth and final week. Sixth and final week, they're saying. Russian tank commander jailed for life over war crimes. If you've not seen it, he is, uh, he's, yeah, young kid, killed a guy. This is the way this will work. He'll be jailed for life, and in being jailed for life, they'll eventually do a prison swap. At some point in time, my assumption is monkeypox apocalypse. Trending. What? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have not heard, the pox is here. And just not regular pox. The monkey pox. Taiwan, we're going to touch on that in a little bit. If you guys didn't hear yesterday, Biden said the U.S. would intervene militarily if China were to invade Taiwan. Uh, So don't take that too seriously, though, Taiwan, because I don't know if you're aware of that. We also said we'd protect Ukraine. We just sent him a bunch of weapons. We said we'd protect you. That was more of like, hey, yeah, I'll come to your party. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show, your Twitter. So Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Mm. It's a nice weekend. It's enjoyable. I think we all need that. I told the guys a couple weeks ago, I said, I'm going to take some time off. Jack's got his first big hockey tournament this weekend. and said, I just need some time to relax and refuel. I'm thinking refueling. Gas prices through the roof, as we know. It's not getting any better anytime soon. And we were just chatting off the air. Uh... Luke, what is it out where you are? Because you're out in Virginia because Phil's on a little vacation this week. What is it the cost where you are? Four fifty nine. Out here in Phoenix, AZ, because we're on the southwest. Southwest, we don't have a lot of pipelines. We also have summer blends. It's a little bit more expensive. We're paying over $5 a gallon right now. Is six dollars a gallon out there? I think it is. 
Will it maintain? That's that's an interesting thing. I don't know if it maintains, but I do think $6 a gallon is a possibility, which is just mind-boggling. It really is. I mean, we're sitting here looking at $6 a gallon, potentially. And if you're in California, I'm just going to let you guys know, you're looking at $8 a gallon. What do you think that does to the economy? Just out of curiosity. And remember, when we talk about this, $8 a gallon, we talk about that. Look at the price of diesel. Because the price of diesel is what you need to base your inflation rate on. Not just what you spend at the store at, at the gas station, right at the pump. But think about this. California's already got special things they require for the trucks to operate there. Then you throw in the price of diesel, and you look at the price of diesel and the cost of it. That translates to lots of dollars leaving your account. Lots of dollars. Think about that. Soak that up for a second. Gas prices going up. Lots of dollars coming out of your account, but next time you're at a gas station and they have both, diesel and regular, look at diesel. And you'll be like, whoa, who do you think that gets passed on to? Just out of curiosity. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Uh, The Biden... He's over in Asia doing his little Asian tour, right? Cruising around, talking to everybody. But we touched on it earlier, Taiwan. Taiwan is looking at, I think, what's going on in Ukraine, thinking, look at how they're defending against a much larger army that was supposed to have not only uh, numerical superiority, but superiority in a lot of other things. The world's rallied around him, given him weapons that are amazing, and in a short time, they have really crushed a lot of what's going on in the Ukraine as far as the advancement of the Russians and really put a whooping on the Russian soldiers. Juxtapose that against what potentially could happen in Iran, I mean, in Taiwan, and here's the way it looks. Taiwan has been bracing themselves Forever in a day for China to eventually come and attack. They're an island, so you've got to come from the beach. That's going to be much, much different. And then, well, you've got us. We remain committed to supporting the peace and stability across the Taiwan Straits and ensuring that there is no unilateral change of that status quo. I would add that one of the reasons why it's so important, Putin pay a dear price for his barbarism in Ukraine, then what signal does that send to China about the cost of attempting to take Taiwan by force? Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's the commitment we made. Well, we made a commitment to Ukraine as well, and in some ways we're honoring that commitment with how much money we're pouring in there. Just know last week, $40 billion. That's a B is rolling in there. That being said, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with 
Taiwan, and China. I think if this would have gone in a much different way, if the world wouldn't have rallied around Ukraine, if Russia was able to stomp on Ukraine, and we were feckless, which we started out to be, but then everybody kind of came around, and, and NATO splintered rather than came together, I think China would be in a much different position looking at this. On the other side of it, China's struggling. Their economy is not doing well. We talked to Gordon Chang on Friday, and he explained to us not only is their, their, their economy not doing well, they're struggling in a lot of ways. The zero-COVID policy has the nation really pushing back in ways that they haven't for a very long time. And Xi, who was thought to be the third, he was going to get his third term, which is unprecedented, to run the, the Communist Party and be president, he may now be in a position where he could be out. So would he take a run at Taiwan, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think he thinks if it's precarious and we're going to lose it, it's going to be ugly, and I'm going to end up paying the, the ultimate price, which is what he doesn't want. Now, guess what? The, China, the Chinese people and the Chinese Communist Party heard Biden's remarks, as they should have. This really caught a lot of people off guard. The president saying that if mainland China were to invade Taiwan, that the U.S. would intervene militarily. The White House then was quick to try and clean this up and clarify. They insist that the president wasn't signaling a shift in long-term policy, which has been that the U.S. would simply assist Taiwan in defending itself. But that's not what the president said. And if Biden meant what he said, well, then it would mean that the U.S. is willing to go further in defending Taiwan than it has in defending Ukraine. Yeah, which we also promised them, right? Budapest Accords, right? We signed things. Hey, if anybody, you give up your weapons, you know, these nuclear weapons, and anybody attacks you, we're going to be here to help. Now, we are giving them tons of, of stuff, and we've done the same thing with Taiwan. I mean, they bought it, and, 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 and we've gone, and we've actually trained there. We're helping them. We've done, you know, uh, you know, war games with them. We're doing a lot. All that being said, you do have to ask a question. Is You didn't say we were going to assist. You said militarily we'd get involved. When I hear that, I hear military. It's something totally different. Speaking of Ukraine, what is going on there? It's getting uglier and uglier. Ian Pinnell. This is now ground zero for the war in Ukraine. Thousands and thousands of Ukrainian and Russian troops are battling here. All this morning, well, we've been hearing the sound of the siren, which doesn't seem to stop, but also the sound of artillery barrages in the distance. Ukrainians are under huge pressure here. That U.S. aid can't come quickly enough as they battle for their country and their lives. Yeah. It's going to be... This is... I don't think we realize what we're about to see. And... You know, Mike Lyons, our military expert, pointed out last week, this is a, we're living in the 21st century, this is a 20th century war of of attrition and battle for land. That's what this is. This is an attrition and battle for land. And they're going to push, and they're going to continue to barrage, you know, just, just, just barrage after barrage, volley after volley. It is not about leaving any building standing. It's not about going there. It is just about taking land. It's about doing that. And I think what's going to be coming is going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. 
And it's going to be arguably the worst that we have seen. As Ukrainian forces await that critical U.S. military aid to assist them in their fight, they're not only defending their territory, but also on the counteroffensive. The fighting here is intense and bloody. President Zelensky saying up to 100 Ukrainian soldiers are killed in action every day. Now, as the war nears its fourth month and Vladimir Putin so far failing to achieve his strategic goals, the nuclear threat remains ever-present. I still don't think he's going to use nuclear weapons. And the more you're hearing out of there, British intel today, which you can take that for a grain of salt. We saw that with the Steele dossier, uh, is saying that they're not only monitoring him, he's going under treatment all the time, that more and more power is being taken away. You had their representative at the U.N., I guess, today resign, saying that what they're doing is awful, that Lavrov, as much as Putin is to blame for this, that not only have they destroyed their military, but they have absolutely destroyed their standing in the world. And the opportunity to have economic freedom and growth in Russia has been destroyed. And I think China's looking at all of this. Thank God. Could that happen to us? Yes, absolutely it could. 100% it could happen. And you've got to ask yourself if you're... G, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? But as we're seeing potentially with Putin, if you think your end is near, if you think you're 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 in a position where you're struggling and 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 your country may be going in a different direction and you don't want to lose control or whatever it is, your desperation may cause you to do something. And that's a fear I think a lot of people have. And I think the other thing is China believes that not only can we win this, but everybody's too in love with our goods and our manufacturing to turn away from us. And I think they're going to find out that's wrong. That's not true. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program, lots of stuff still to squeeze into today's big program. First, let's talk about the election coming up. We're going to the company called PresidentialElectionProject.com. What do they do? Well, if we learn anything from 2020, it's that the process of counting electoral votes is straightforward. The rules outline the Electoral Count Act of 1887 are vague and antiquated. You can imagine a scenario, 2024, where... Again, battle goes on. It's really close. They turn to Vice President Harris, and they urge her to interpret her role. We don't want that. doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. What we want is actual positions that are straightforward and easy to understand, to clarify the role of the Vice President, to ensure that the role is beyond question. No more. No more of this ambiguities, like maybe, you know, maybe. No, none of that stuff. Let's just make it straightforward. States should do their jobs of timely deciding on election votes. Congress should respect each state's lawful results and move on from there. So what I want you to do, go check them out for yourself. Find out how you can get involved. Go to presidentialelectionproject.com and learn more. Take the first step in ensuring Kamala Harris and any other vice president can't only decide the 2024 presidential election. That's presidentialelectionproject.com, presidentialelectionproject.com. Chad Benson Show.
Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. It's a comeback story. Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus reinventing itself. I feel like it's the heart coming back to American Circus. We are bringing the best talent from the world into the production and bringing it to hometowns all around America. I'm from the Netherlands. Nosotros somos de Colombia. We are from Ethiopia. Memphis, Tennessee. The circus comes to town. Gone are the three rings. You never know what to expect at the circus. That's right. But you know what you could expect this time? Something a little bit different. The circus, as your grandparents or even their parents remember it, fell victim to changing times. Feld Entertainment, which owns the circus, discovered today's audiences did not want to see animals performing. And today's kids do not laugh at corny clown acts. Will there be animals and clowns and things like that? We will not be touring animals. That's in the history. That's the past. That is the past. No animals at the circus? That's weird, right? Now, I get it, right? So I really want to see a... You know, some of the stuff they did. No, I don't, I don't think we need to see that. Uh, you could bring them, some animals, right? Tour them around a little bit. They used to do this, this, and this. Here they are. They're taking care of really good. Bring awareness to it. Say some of the proteins of the circus, you know, the money they make. It's going to be going to save these animals in the wild to make sure that these animals are insured a a, a great place to retire. Uh, I think I think would be a good thing. The other thing is uh, I think you should just make the clowns creepy as hell and scare the crap out of people, right? You don't like corny? Well, how about a clown with a knife, huh? And, you know, the great thing is that we've had a blank piece of paper to reimagine. Now the plan is to up the game with human feats that dazzle, astonish, bewilder, while at the same time engaging audiences with interactive social media, at times even during the show. It creates a really special memory the shift coming from a younger leadership. And now back to the colossal circus act. Yeah, which needs to be done, right? So it was like baseball needs to start doing, try to figure out how to not be so boring. Uh, there's a lot of things out there that need to figure that out. You know, one thing about soccer, right, with soccer popularity is growing so much, is, well, first of all, it's two hours, right? That's it. Yesterday I watched the Premier League. It was awesome. You know why? It started at 8. And by 9.55, it was over. That was it. We would figure out a way to take it here if we America had its ways with timeouts and, you know, TV timeouts and ads. Trust me, it's the most successful league on the planet. They're doing something right. Football is great because so much gambling is involved in football. Fantasy football, things of that nature. Basketball, it's kind of the same thing, right? It's two hours. Two and a half hours, you're in, you're out. Baseball's four hours. Needs to get hipper. It does. Baseball's kind of like the circus that hasn't quite been reimagined. You like golf? I do. I like golf. Thing is, everybody plays golf. Golf exploded with popularity during coronavirus, and people play golf. So they'll turn on golf and watch a little bit here and a little bit there. Right? So, so because they play it. How many of you are playing baseball right now or football? Not many. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't know. I think if I threw a ball once now, my arm would hurt. 
Played golf all weekend. It was hot, man. Ooh, Nelly. You know, Tiger withdrew over the weekend, and he did not play well on Saturday. Didn't play Sunday, withdrew. Uh, I think it was a smart thing to do. And hills are a nightmare. Yesterday, I played at a place out here, uh, Southern Dunes, uh, Auction Arenas, Southern Dunes. Uh, I mean, Auction uh, uh, Casino, Southern Dunes. It's amazing. The hills were insane. I think at the end of the day, it had showed I'd walked like 75 flights of stairs. It's the coming down, though, man, where I had some issues. Not the going up. Although, as you get a little bit older, going up's also a problem. They put an escalator in some of these places. Or hit the ball in the fairway. And even if you do, you can still have to get your ball sometimes and walk down there. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is probably what President Biden is saying right now. Because a judge in Louisiana, that's a Louisiana judge, you know what I'm saying? He said, I guarantee that this is not going to happen. What does that mean? Friday comes down late, late. Several states have filed a lawsuit to keep Title 42 in place. The Trump-appointed judge agreed that they should keep it in place. Now, how do I feel about that? Here's my honest opinion. We don't need Title 42 because we're not in the pandemic phase anymore. The world may be, but us, really not. All that being said... We have a pandemic of immigration that is going on that is not good. And that pandemic is poor leadership, poorly enforced laws that are just bizarre and weird, like catch and release. And a administration that is just not there involved in other countries that are fully fine allowing people to come here. Mark Burnovich, AG of Arizona, part of the lawsuit, as well as somebody who's running for Senate here, was excited. I am so happy with the result today. I'm so proud of our team for literally leading the effort to push back against the Biden administration's attempt to rescind Title 42. As you know, Title 42 is one of the last tools we have left in our toolbox to stop an even greater flood of illegal immigration into our country. So while this is a good win, we got to keep fighting and I'm going to keep doing everything I can to stop the overreach of the Biden administration and make sure that we enforce our immigration laws and to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect hardworking American taxpayers. It's not an immigration law. It's not. It is a pandemic CDC emergency 
situation that they imposed because we were in the midst of a pandemic, a global pandemic. Yet that ends up being our default law at this moment in time, slowing down people from coming here. Brandon Judd, who is the uh, head of the Border Patrol Council president, also still out in the field himself, spoke late Friday. We had a chance to sit down with him and chat for a little bit about what was happening and how excited he is, but frustrated about still what's going on at the border and the lack of anything. But it gives you a good insight here on what they're dealing with, what they should be dealing with on a normal day and what they're dealing with under this administration and what they could be dealing with had this gone away. You got to look at what's currently happening Uh, at this time in a typical year at this time. We would be apprehending somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 people a day. That's what we would be apprehending typically. Right now, we're apprehending nearly 8,000 people a day. And the reason is, is because uh, Title 42 has been only been um, executed on about 50% of the people that have been crossing the border illegally. Once you take away that other 50%, then you're going to double that number. So we would be dealing with somewhere around 16,000 people per day. That is insane 16,000 people a day that is unsustainable now he gets a little bit more in details because I asked him a question simple we have remained in Mexico which was also upheld by a judge and we have title 42 yet I still see that we have record number of apprehensions And also, I still see the fact that Title 42, while it's kind of being upheld, but not really, the Remain in Mexico, which was also upheld, is not in any way, shape, or form being upheld at all. At all. Why is that? So the reason is because the President of the United States cannot be held in contempt of of a judge's order. President of the United States can ignore a judge's order. Um, That order doesn't have any teeth. Um, uh, to the president of the United States, you can you cannot force the president of the United States um, to do to uh, comply with a judge's ruling, and that's the problem. So if you look at this, I mean, I, you know, thank goodness that this judge did in fact keep Title Forty Two in place because that brings public attention to the issue. But the reality remains. The president can still just give carve outs to country. If you look at the great job right now that Bill Malusian is doing down on the border, he reports every day showing hundreds of people being apprehended by the Border Patrol in Del Rio, Texas. Well, the vast majority of the people, those people are from countries that have been given a carve out. They know that they're going to be released. So all the president has to do to get around this judge's order is just just give more carve outs to more countries. And then he can continue to release people. Yeah. And that's what's happening. Alex Stone, ABC News, has been down on the border. Uh, he arrived and uh, tried to get him on our show on Friday. He had just gotten to Yuma from Los Angeles to see what was going on there. So he takes a peek around, and wow, I think he was a bit shocked. It's astonishing to stand here on this dam and to see a flow of truly nonstop families walking into the U.S. They're using a gap in the border fence where federal agencies have sued each other and it remains open. Families are holding young babies, arriving, walking to waiting border patrol agents. Donde vives? 
Where are you from? I am from Honduras. From Honduras? There are no chases, no handcuffs, no helicopters up above. Calmly, the migrants wait in lines, and then they're loaded into Border Patrol vans. Wow. Just calmly. It's just business. And I love how there's a hole in the fence. And why isn't it getting fixed? Because everybody's suing each other, what, over whose fault it is? Now, where he's at right now in Yuma, I went down there a few years ago with Andy Biggs, his congressman from Arizona, and there were several other congressmen, I think a few senators that have flown in uh, from across the country. This is probably about three years ago. And here we are, right? So you got probably 50 to 100 people. When you count the congressmen, their staff, uh, there were some camera crews. We had a few border agents, some of them that were working, some of them were, were off-duty. Uh, you've, you've got all of these people here, right? So probably between 50 and 100. People just walking by us. They're, they're walking by us as if to just like we're just, hey, it's up. Like we're passing each other in a hallway. Again, Alex Stone's like, wait, what? Like, they're just, yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Looking around here, there are nursing mothers actively nursing their babies. Most say they came from Honduras and Peru. It's important to point out with all of the hype about the border on both sides, in this group, there are no chases, no handcuffs. The Border Patrol agents are calm. They're talking softly to the migrants in Spanish. These families are arriving. They're walking over to waiting Border Patrol agents. Then they're waiting in line for Border Patrol vans to take them. Nobody is running away. Nobody is hiding. No, no. They don't have any reason to. They don't. They understand what's coming. They understand how this is going to go. They get it. This is not new. This has been explained to them. There is an, un like, this is, nothing here is shocking for them. Nothing is. What's shocking, I think, to them probably is like, man, this is pretty easy. Right? It almost feels weird. And, of course, the Border Patrol agents are, are doing what they do, being kind, talking softly. They understand it. They're human beings. I work in Phoenix, but I live in, as I like to call it, the Valley of the Dirt People. My entire neighborhood that's left right now, and I say that because we have a lot of snowbirds, and they've, they've left. It got hot. You know, got a triple digits, and they and they just took off back to Winnipeg and, and to Madison, Wisconsin, or wherever they were from so they can get out of this heat, uh, which is great because it makes golfing so much easier. I don't have to go out there and just compete with them. But the ones who are there, Border Patrol, because we have one of the largest stations right there, right by my house. And they're human beings. They go through it every day. They see these people. They've got kids the same age as a lot of these kids. They understand what's happening. Their confusion is, we've been left out in the dark. We don't know what's going on. Enforce what? Don't enforce what? How do people come here? Who gets to stay? Again, we spoke to Brandon Judd, and I, I find this fascinating about how many people, quote-unquote, we encountered. But remember, Title 42, but then there's carve-outs. How many people got in the country? Let's put this, uh, let, let's look at the, the month of April. We only expelled, we had 230 some odd thousand apprehensions, a record. 
a record, 230,000. We released 118,000 of those people in the United States and only expelled 95,000. So this administration has been getting rid of Title 42 um, on a monthly basis. They've just been given carve-outs to additional countries over a period of time. And they can continue to do that, and they could continue, and they could completely defy this judge's order. But the good thing is, is the judge's order brings attention to this issue. And I think a lot of other people are already look at it, because people even on the left are like, we can't have this. Our Democratic senators out here Mark Kelly and Kirsten Cinema have both been screaming, you can't continue to let this happen. Democratic Congress people throughout Texas saying the exact same thing. At some point, we've got to fix this. But it takes more than just the president. You need people that are willing to actually sit down with each other and come up with a solution and understand that you're not going to appease the loud extremes but stop focusing on them. Focus on the other 80% of us who aren't living in the world of extremes. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Yeah, Twitter. Calibrate. Losing weight. Super great with Calibrate. What is Calibrate? FDA-approved medication. Lifestyle changes. One-on-one coaching. As well as an amazing app. So you can get around people also and share your stories with them as you're losing weight. And doctor visit with via video with the process that you're going to be going through. Because you're going to be losing weight. And you'll be doing it in a real way. Your metabolism needs a reset. Your metabolism is out of whack. Your metabolism thinks that when you start to lose weight, you're starving. And so what's it do? It shuts itself down because it wants to preserve itself because it thinks it's saving life. Calibrate's just going to restart your metabolism, get you back in a place where losing weight isn't going to terrify it. What happens there? Sustainability, especially through lifestyle changes. Not crazy ones, but real ones. Fits into anybody's schedule. And if you think losing weight's been tough before and you've tried everything, you haven't tried Calibrate, which will show you, no, it's not hard. You just needed some help. And that's where Calibrate comes in. Earliest members have lost well over 15 to 20% of their body weight. That can be you. Imagine being 10% of your body weight down a month from now. Go to joincalibrate.com. Use code CHAD for a $50 off one-year metabolic reset. That's joincalibrate.com. Make sure you use that right there. You can get $50 off a one-year metabolic reset. Joincalibrate.com. Use code CHAD. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the news parents of younger children have been anxiously waiting for. As pediatric COVID cases rise, Pfizer is finally ready to submit its vaccine for children ages six months to five years old to the FDA for emergency use authorization. Oh, God, parents are just clamoring for it, except for the part where parents never got their kids vaccinated because they were like, it doesn't really affect them. Why would I go get vaccinated? 
Yeah, but you don't know that it doesn't affect them. No, we do. We, we've seen all the uh, seen all the studies. We, see, we, see. we know who it affects. Now, we won't totally come out and say we know 100% who it affects because that might make people feel bad. But we know who it adversely affects. Older people, people with several comorbidities, and the large. The, those are who it really affects. Children, not so much. So getting a third, why would I get a third when I haven't got a first or a second? We got other stuff going on in this country that we need to be worried about, like the monkeypox. Quick question. What have your health advisors told you your level of concern should be about monkeypox? Well, they haven't told me the level of exposure yet, but it is something that everybody should be concerned about. We're working on it hard to figure out what we do and what uh, vaccine, if any, may be available for it. But it is a concern in the sense that if it were to spread, it's consequential. That's all they told me. It's all they said. If it was the spread, it could be dangerous. The pox, where is it? How hard is it? Can you get it, Dr. Siegel? New cases of monkeypox virus popping up in the United States. Should we be concerned here in the U.S.? First look at this virus under the microscope. The genetic sequencing looks like it's very similar to what we had in 2018 in Nigeria. It doesn't look like it's mutated much. It doesn't look like it's easy to catch. It doesn't look like it's spreading like wildfire. It looks like it could be sexually transmitted, likely. It's also travel-related, but it's very hard to get. You have to get it from very close contact. Nobody has died from it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Travel-related? So you could be buying a ticket to monkeypox? Is that what you're telling me, Doc? Huh? Hmm? What about the spread? Again, World Health Organization saying 90-plus confirmed worldwide. I know one was confirmed here in New York City, but they think there's more cases. But again, very hard to get. And here's the most important thing. You don't spread it usually until you have symptoms. So if you see someone with pox, you're going to want to stay away from them anyway. The idea that we're talking about bringing masks back for this is ridiculous. I don't know if you're aware of this, Doc, uh, but ridiculous is what coronavirus and the masking world has been all about for quite a while. You don't remember the Kabuki Theater world? I'm waiting for Jack to have to mask up for the last couple weeks of his school. I'm waiting for it. I feel like it's coming sooner rather than later. But monkeypox. Could you imagine that, kids? Uh, you're going to have to wear masks because of monkeypox. Now, nobody has it. We're not quite sure if you can even get it because mostly it's through travel and sexual transmission. But if you could wear a mask, like, where am I wearing the mask? <laughs> Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. That is me. Hope you're well on this beautiful day. It's a gorgeous day. Anthony sent me something, and I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, no way. 
He's a kid. He's five years old. Ebretor Cattuccia Singolini. Five years old. And the kid is a master of the piano. Now, I'm not just talking about like, oh, he's good. This kid isn't good. Good doesn't explain how good this kid is. Take a listen. He's five, and he's not even looking at the, there's no sheet music. He's not looking at anything. He almost at times looks like he's in this blank stare. Like he's like, do I have to go to the bathroom? Because <laughs> he's five, so you never know. Because you get, you know, stuck up in things. He's like, I don't want to stop playing. Like, that's otherworldly. For an adult, that's incredible. For people that are really good at and somewhat masters of it, it's incredible. That is just, he's five. Like, where do you go from here? Honestly. Wait till he tells his mom and dad he wants to be a DJ. <laughs> mom, dad, I want to spin. <laughs> oh, no. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet. Text. Love hearing from Earl of Ear. I do. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. We have a issue when it comes to baby formula, and that would be the lack of baby formula. I would say this again. We have a lack of baby formula. Why is there a lack of baby formula? Well, poor planning by the administration based on the fact that while it was coming we could see it happening we could see it like a glacier coming at us a giant one that had broken off because of climate change we see it coming towards us we understand it's arriving but rather than move from one side or the other instead they just stand there until it was too late to do anything 54 percent of the baby formulas are out of stock in Tennessee, out of stock. And, you know, we have been saying for weeks to the White House, give some waivers to import from Canada, EU, UK. And they chose not to do that. Why? Open, what reason did, did they give you? We don't know. We don't know. They, they just did not do that. Then you, you look at the factory in Michigan, and Harris, they could have opened that. FDA could have opened that. They knew back in February we were at a 25% outage rate nationwide. They could have taken care of this. Now, what happened last year is there were two deaths that people say came from the Sturgis, Michigan plant that Abbott is the owner of, and they're probably the largest of the group. There's only four companies that make formula realistically in the United States. There may be some smaller ones, but these four dominate. And it is set up for them to be a odd, weird monopoly, even though they're competitors, because to import in this country is extremely expensive. And also, and we're not just talking about the tariffs, it is also time-consuming because the FDA makes you go through so many other hoops. Totally understandable. When you're dealing with children. Totally understandable. 
But we knew there was going to be issues, and they didn't do the things they were supposed to. They were being told there was this thing coming, and they didn't do what they were supposed to. All of those things were happening. And much like this president has been with everything else, he has lacked any real response. His reaction time has been very poor with zero forward-looking. And while all that's going on, when he finally does make a decision, it's usually piss poor. In three months, less than three months, we went from 25% to over 50% in your state yes. out of stock. And nothing happened between doubling where our losses were in February? And what does this administration do? They wait for a problem to become a crisis. They make the wrong decision. And then they have to come back and try to fix it, which is what they're doing now. This never needed to happen. We have two children in Tennessee that have been hospitalized for lack of formula. Yeah. Now. Do I think it's going to cause tens of thousands of babies to die? I do not. But this is just a snapshot of bigger issues with this president and this administration. All presidents have their problems. Some of them, well, you inherit those problems when you take the office. Others, while you're inheriting some issues, you make problems worse. And that's been what this administration has been about. It got to the point where even Brian Stelter, yes, Brian, insufferable as he is. Now, he criticizes, but of course he has to try to throw in what a victory it is in some ways. But the reality is, is the fact that he's even criticizing is amazing. The first military flight carrying an emergency supply of baby formula has just landed near Indianapolis, Indiana. Baby formula flown in on a military plane. This is part of the Biden administration's Operation Fly formula as Americans are coping with a nationwide shortage. The pallets of baby formula were flown here from Germany, but this is both a failure as well as a success. The existence of this plane is a failure of the government and a failure of corporations as well, even though these pictures today are meant to symbolize a success by the Biden administration. Well, how's it a failure of corporations? Abbott's CEO is apologizing. The CEO of Abbott saying that he's apologizing, saying we're sorry to every family we've let down since our voluntary recall exacerbated our nation's baby formula shortage. In the meantime, as you can imagine, many questions remain about whether action should have been taken sooner. Yeah, action should have been. But the reality is, is you shut them down because of what took place when it came to the potential that some of their formula was tainted and that it may have caused two deaths. And you knew about this and what well the fda shuts it down okay you knew it was going to be coming though yeah we did so what'd you guys do we waited months and months and months and months for the fda to act
That's that's what you did. The FDA could have acted sooner, but they didn't. That's right. They could have acted sooner. By the way, uh, there is a FDA-approved facility in Ireland that they've been using to try to ramp up. But this could have been acted upon sooner. And it wasn't. And that's the problem right now, where you see this stuff happening. It's coming. Here it is. Doesn't matter what it is. It's coming at you. It's slow in the making. What are you going to do? It's slow in the making. Are you going to react? I'm telling you what's coming. How do you react? You him, you haw. And then you react. You say, well, let's, this thing, that can't really happen. And you move over here. And they're like, hey, 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 it's coming. The thing's coming. Right? And then you go about doing your day, and you're like, well, somebody else will handle it. No, but, but, it, but it's almost here. Like, it's, it's close. It's not right here yet, but it's going to be. But then you're just like, eh. Then it arrives, and then you are forced to deal with it because, well, you're forced to deal with it. Two weeks ago. Like, this is, this is understand what he's saying here. It's like two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, where, where Biden has to finally address the nightmare of the baby formula. And this is just a snapshot of all the other things that have gone wrong. A lot of parents are watching about baby formula. If you have a message to those parents. Well, uh, I'll answer the baby formula question because all of a sudden it's on the front page of every newspaper. All of a sudden, it's on the front page, so I guess i got to talk about it. It sucks. Stupid babies. You're warned by the generals. we got to leave some people behind in Afghanistan. Now now we're coming. There's going to be a lot of bad things that happen. Mm, we got to get out. Now we can ignore you. What happened? Well, it's going to be easy. I'm not saying if it was under Trump, it would have been any easier. Not saying he would have listened either, but you were warned. You knew there was going to be issues with natural gas and oil, kind of, but you didn't really get out in front of it when you should have been buying it on the open market quietly and building up a large strategic reserve that you knew you could have released in such a way as to combat the high prices. You knew about and continue to know about what's going on with immigration. You were warned that printing this much money was going to cause inflationary issues. All of which you've done very little to do anything about. And when you do address it, it's haphazard. And then when you finally make a decision to do something, it's sideways. We should be like, hey, what are you doing? We're going over here. All right, let's go this direction. Trust me, it'll be for the best. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text a program. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Uh, it's an amazing supplement. I give it to my dogs every single day. Sprinkle it right on top of the dog's food. They gobble it up. What is it? 
Well, Dr. Dennis Black, naturopathic doctor, came up with this. This is a guy who's done so many things in his life, from being a Green Beret to a celebrated uh, and, and distinguished uh, Vietnam-era helicopter pilot, a cancer survivor. He's put together the most amazing thing that you can think of when it comes to helping your dogs. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-3, 6, 9, antioxidants, all this incredible stuff. Helps with their digestive tract. It helps with their, their fur and their, their skin with allergies. And for my older dog, it helps with the aches and pains of being an older dog. And it is tremendous. Right now, he wants to give you a bag for free. You cover the cost of shipping. Go to ruffgreens.com slash chat. That's roughgreens.com slash chat. Get a free bag. It's a two-week jumpstart kit for your dogs. Don't even change the dog's food. Just sprinkle this on top. Just cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. Get over it. It's time to forge a new path with your very own political cartographer, Chad. A moving picture at Downton. The Doctor Strange sequel is still on top, but Downton Abbey, a new era, enjoyed a strong second-place debut at the weekend box office. The second film, based on the hit TV drama, bowed with 16 million bucks, taken by pundits as a sign older audiences are now returning to movie theaters. The nightmare begins. Another $31.6 million for week three of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, pushing its global gross to just over $800 million. Downton did not see it. And I haven't seen uh, Doctor Strange either. I might this weekend, maybe, potentially, take the kids to see <clears throat> Top Gun. Oh, it's possible. It is possible I might do that. It's going to be interesting to see People just text in and tweet. You can always text and tweet the show about Tom Cruise. And because I say Tom Cruise is the last, the last movie star. Uh, William Rogers tweets uh, at Chad Benjamin. So, so I was thinking about Tom Cruise movie yesterday, Chad. Top Gun Maverick. And I was thinking, isn't it a little over the top? I mean, where do we go? It's all about Tom Cruise again. Then I thought it was never really about Tom Cruise. He's a hell of an actor. He does deserve it. Yeah, he does. He's just, for whatever reason, Tom Cruise survived when other movie stars, and there isn't any movie stars anymore. There are people that are in movies that are stars. Tom Cruise doesn't do anything else. He doesn't do TV. He doesn't do any of the other stuff. Tom Cruise makes big blockbuster movies and having his name attached to it is going to fund your movie and it's going to make money. That's what Tom Cruise does. He's a movie star. When like Michael Jackson was a star, like rock stars come to hotels and you know, they'll fake names. They'll find out where it is. And people show up. Beatles show up. The whole block, the block is totally Shut down, right? Tom Cruise is one of those. 
globally he goes anywhere, it's like that. There's not hundreds. There's tens of thousands of people. He's got that movie star thing. It's odd, right? Plus, he does his own cool stunts, which I do find to be fascinating. Like when he held out, was it the Mission Impossible? Maybe it was the Mummy movie when he was holding on to the thing and they flew the plane and he's on the outside of it. I'm like, they're probably insured him for a half a billion dollars should that thing go wrong so that way the movie doesn't fall apart. By the way, Mission Impossible trailer is coming out sometime today. So that'll be interesting. Over the weekend, uh, some goodbyes on the old Saturday Night Live. Well, guys, it is the final episode of the season. Here to talk about it is Pete Davidson. Hello, Colin and Che and millions of people only watching to see if I bring up Kanye. <laughs> Yeah, Pete, you've, you've had a weird year. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I just, uh, I never imagined this would be my life, you know? I mean, look at me when I started here. Back then, I was just like a skinny kid, and no one knew what race I was. <laughs> and like now, everyone knows I'm white because I became hugely successful while barely showing up to work. Yeah, he bowed out. He is done. Kim's like, look, if you can't be on TV or doing anything, you got to be a major star, so this is not going to be it. Let you know that. I'd do something else. Uh, solid fun show as always. Follow along across all of our sweet social media. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Text the program. 323-538-2423. 323-538-2423. Have a great rest of your Monday. Night, night, Jack. This is the Chad Benson Show.